0: Coming to you
1: via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. I absolutely guarantee you this will be the best episode of the year, and the worst. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Ooh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, these sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's the first show of January of 2023. And just a reminder, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, go ahead and turn it off. All right. In uh, Pipe Parts. Uh, inspired by a listener question this week I'm going to talk about how to build up your cellar And what to do in the meantime Yeah, How do you, how do you hold off smoking all that good stuff And then in uh, uh, My guest will be uh, Rich Esserman Of more of uh, the Rich is back And Rich responds And more of that discussion uh, Music, mailbag, and rant All that coming up on this week's episode Of the Pipes Magazine radio show all right, so uh, so I kind of forgot my uh, one of my New Year's Eve traditions is to get out one of my big fancy uh, meerschaums and smoke that. And uh, you know what? I didn't do it this year. Um, I kind of forgot. And I also took kind of uh, like a three or four day self-imposed um, electronics vacation somewhat, tried to stay off of computers and screens for, uh, yeah, for about three days. Uh, did as little as I could on the computers and on the on the smartphone, and that was interesting. And I'm glad it's over. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so I forgot to do that. So right now, as we're talking, I'm smoking my big. Uh, uh, been smoking my big uh, McClellan Meersham, and uh, kind of smoking in the New Year right now. So uh, not not a big. We are not big celebrators of New Years we don't go out and do that. We let all the amateurs go out and do the new year's Eve drinking and all that stuff and go to parties and things. Uh, we just kind of hung out at home and, uh, chatted with friends, played, uh, played games, stayed up till midnight, watched the thing, you know, watched the ball drop and then called it a night, got up the next day and you know, it's a whole new year. So, uh, but yeah, not, not big on going out and doing the whole big, uh, parties and stuff like that. And all the, uh, drinking and driving and all that stuff and the weather wasn't great here either so it was kind of rainy and miserable but all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go
3: Third floor, men's clothing, suits, shoes, ties, trousers, cufflinks, going up.
4: I beg your pardon, but on what floor might I find the luxury
1: tobacco's pipes and accessories?
3: Well, I'll tell you, pal, if it's those things you's looking for, you need to visit tinbids.com. Ah, yes, of course. You mean the pipe collectors auction site, right? That's right, Mac. You can buy and sell pipes, accessories, and vintage and hard-to-find luxury tobaccos. You know, just like you were saying. So I can sell my pipes and tobaccos too? Why, that's just fine. Yeah, you bet your life, buddy. So, what'll it be? Can you take me to the floor where
1: the computers are then?
3: What's a computer? Visit tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up today.
1: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, this message came to me from Mike, who, uh, if I remember correctly, Mike's about two years into pipe smoking. And I thought this was interesting because it kind of ties back to some of the uh, discussions with the Zoom group. Um, But anyway, here's what he wrote. He wrote, uh, hey, Brian, hope you are well. I find myself in a bit of a conundrum. I have loads of tins that I'm trying to age, but that leaves me with little to smoke. I love to smoke Virginia vapors that are on the red side, pepper and vinegar. My two all-time favorites are Christmas Cheer and Penny Farthing from Greg Pease. Uh, was curious if you could point me to some bulk blends that have similar body and provide satisfying smokes. Thanks in advance, Mike. All right, Mike. So here's, here's what I think you're asking is um, what can I buy now? and smoke while I'm waiting for my tin tobacco, while I'm waiting for my seller to age. So here's the, uh, and, and of course, when you when you heard the Zoom group uh, last week, you heard a lot of people that have been at this for 25, 30 years plus, and a lot of them have age stuff. So first, here's how I started aging things. As I bought tins of tobacco, I might buy three, I'd smoke one and put two away, or I'd If I could only afford two, I'd buy two, smoke one, put the other one away. So I started building an assortment of, you know, tobaccos that way. It doesn't matter to me if it's bulk or if it's a tin. So what you're asking about the bulk tobaccos is the same thing. If you find something, if you find a bulk tobacco that's in your wheelhouse and you like it fresh, you'll even, you'll probably, odds are you'll like it even more after it's been aged. So you invest in some, uh, in some Mason jars or ball glass jars. And I've talked in the past about how I store the tobacco in them. So go back and listen to that, but you take some of the fresh stuff and smoke it. And then you take the rest of it and put it away. Uh, you can use the, uh, on the fresher stuff, you can use the uh, microwave treatment that I've talked about. You can also, if you put them in a glass jar and put them in a, on a, sunny, you know, on a, in a sunny window for a couple of days, that will help speed up the aging. Uh, you could try Fred Hanna's oven baking method on it. So either way, what you're doing is you're, you're just buying more than what you're going to consume. All right, those tins that you've already got, set them back, forget about them. Uh, if you're looking for specific tobaccos that really work for you, uh, spend some time on uh, tobacco or on smokingpipes.com and go through their bulk tobaccos uh, and read the reviews of what people have said about them on their you know especially on smoking pipes because it's really curated. Uh, and monitored so that there's not a lot of weird stuff in there. Um, tobacco reviews is getting better about that. Uh, but again, you you just want to you want to find stuff that's in the wheelhouse. So out of those two you mentioned, you might if, for the GLP stuff, you might look at some of the Cornell and Deal bulk. All right? Uh, for a Virginia Perique flake, I can just, you know, point you towards uh, Peter Stokeby's Luxury Navy flake. And I believe there are some, uh, some other flakes that are coming out of Sutliff or uh, Watch City Cigars got some. Uh, LJ Peretti has got a Virginia Perique flake. Uh, so just start poking around through those, tobacco, through TobaccoReviews.com and SmokingPipes.com. And again, you're just buying more than what you think you would normally, you know, buy, buy as much as you can afford and then separate them smoke now section and age for later and just slowly build that aging up and then you'll start to see the change and you know the change in most of these blends is going to be in that one to two year range so as you're doing that over the next couple of years uh it'll work for you if you're just looking for inexpensive or lower cost stuff to smoke now well look at those bulks try out a few one ounce samples of this that and the other try the different advanced aging techniques that i mentioned and see if any of those help really push it forward for you and make it a more enjoyable experience now if that does then go back and buy more of those because of course you know we all like bulk tobaccos because bulk tobaccos cost less per ounce than the tin tobaccos do so there you go again uh, just a recap um buy more than what you can you know buy as much as you can afford now Uh, use some of that pre-aging techniques on some of the newer stuff, especially because you're dealing with Virginias and Virginia Pariks, which works greatly with, and age the other stuff naturally and just keep setting it back and setting it back. And, you know, a couple, three years from now, you'll look at all that stuff that you've got that's three, four years old, and you'll go, ooh, look at all that stuff. Yeah. All right. There's my suggestions for you. Again, look at the manufacturer that you're buying it from. you know, that who makes the tobaccos and see if they have a bulk offering that's similar to it and try targeting those. All right, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, uh, just unedited, the Rich is back, Rich responds.
3: This is Internet Radio.
4: For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr, worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade miele 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be.
1: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here comes uh, Rich Responds. We pick up uh, just where we left off two weeks ago.
0: You see, and that's one of the things that I enjoy listening to what other people have to say. For instance, what you say, even though we don't smoke the same type of pipes, you don't smoke the same type of tobacco, but I like to hear about your experiences because they impact, and I get enjoyment out of that.
1: So what you're... uh, what you're talking about is kind of what I do when I get somebody that's brand new and wants to go, yeah. You know, wants to learn how to smoke a pipe. Uh, and I've done this three times in the last year or so. Uh, I'll have them meet me at McCraney's on a Saturday because, you know, that's the best day for them. And I will walk them in there and I will tell them, I will not let you buy a pipe under $50. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will let you spend anything over $50, but I want to basically rule out uh the basket pipes and some of the, you know, some of the board pipes and stuff like that. Uh but other than that, I want you to pick out one that looks good to you and feels good to you in your hand cuz right now you know nothing more than what it looks like and what it feels like in your hand. And if it looks good to you and it feels good to you in your hand, you're more likely to pick it up again. And that's all the, that's all the advice I give them. And then after that, then I let the staff at McCraney's take over when it comes time for them to select a couple of tobaccos. And I always ask them to pick out a couple of different styles, you know, one aromatic, one non-aromatic. That's all I tell them, and then let them go, Uh, because i I don't want to, I don't want to overcoach them, but I also want them to. I want to give them, (laughs) I want to stop them from uh, falling off a cliff. I just want them to, you know, (laughs) walk walk the line. And I had had one guy picked up a three hundred dollar Tenino pipe that he said that's the one I like, and he said how much is it? I said well. Price tag says $300. He said, holy shit. (laughs) So he put it back down, and then he walked around the store a little bit longer and realized that that was the pipe that he liked, and that's the one he started with.
0: Wow, so he he got lucky. I mean, that's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I remember years ago when uh, I used to go to the New York Pipe Club on a very regular basis. We had a phenomenal pipe club. And there was a lot of young guys, so I would, every now and then, you know, they'd ask me, I'd give them a a little talk about old Dunhills or different things. And and I always ask them, you know, you're smoking this particular thing. Why don't you try this one? I said, I think you're going to find that there's going to be a difference in the smoking quality. Because a lot of guys, they were psyched up, but they they didn't know anything. You know, and they had pipes. But I said, why don't you move, instead of buying X, why don't you move up to this brand which is maybe 50 bucks more but I think you're really going to enjoy it and I remember one fellow who unfortunately has since passed away but he was a younger guy he he, uh, listened to what I had to say and he like got into it and he had at the end of the day 1200 pipes and they were all high grade pipes (laughs) because he knew when he started to smoke that high grade pipe he said that's it I'm that that's the only kind of pipe I'm going to buy. And so many times, you see, because what I'm interested in is I'm not, I'm not interested in telling the guy to, you know, you got to collect thousand dollar pipes, two thousand, whatever. I want, I want whoever's smoking their pipe to get the most enjoyment they possibly can. Yeah. From, from this, from this, uh, from this hobby, because for me, when I get a when I get a great pipe, it just and I'm smoking that pipe, and I mix my tobaccos together, whatever I do, I get such a great experience from that. I feel so good when I get done, relaxed. I had a great, you know, couple hours smoke for me, maybe, and and it's tremendous. And why not you? The next fellow have the similar kind of experience for you, you know, whatever you like. That's what I'm interested in doing. I'm not interested in telling them, oh, you got to buy uh, this pipe or that pipe or you got to buy I'm not interested in trying to convince them to do what I do. Although sometimes my friends <laughs> have gotten influence in a bad way, really. <laughs>
1: well, that's, that's the last thing we want to do is influence people into buying what we collect and like because then we've just created more competition for ourselves.
0: Well, that's true in to a degree. I had a very good friend who doesn't. He has a large collection. He he doesn't buy that much anymore, but he was buying a lot of the same stuff. And my wife would always say, "What did you tell him about this for?" Yeah. Because he's he cannot, you know he was he could spend more than I could, and um, so he did. He bought a lot of great pipes, but I, I'm always one Brian who you know there's always going to be the next pipe. And you know you can, and and I, I know you know you got you gotta know enough people or gotta keep looking or whatever it is and you'll find that next pipe for you. That's and a- I've been very lucky because I've had a lot of people looking out for me, dealers, friends who say, hey, did you see this pipe?" or "I know where this pipe is," or whatever. And you know, there's no, so I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a more optimistic uh, guy. I don't worry about it too much. And, and uh, you know, but it, but it, I I love seeing the enjoyment of other people when they get something that's really good for them and they really like it a lot. That is adds a lot to my pleasure, I'll be honest with
1: you. So let me ask you this question, and then this is one of Fred's yeah. questions. Overall, do you think that Bents are better smokers than straight pipes? Why or why not? And I'd like the opinion from you as your Giant, massive tree trunks that you smoke, and then I'd also like you to pull it out and and imagine just normal, you know, regular people pipes.
0: Um, well, I'll, I'll start by going back to the beginning when I used to have to when a pipe I used to have to have to hold the pipe in my mouth. Mm-hmm. That was their criteria. If I couldn't hold it in my jaw. I don't care what the pipe looked like. I wasn't I wasn't gonna get it. And so, you know, I only bought Bents. So initially, you know, whether they were Rhodesians or whether they were bulldogs or whether they were full bents or whatever, I never smoked a billiard for like the first, I don't know, eight to ten years of when I really <laughs> got into pipes. I never smoked a billiard or any kind of pipe like that and then all of a sudden I decided well it was a Dunhill Group 4 pot and I liked it. It was Briere and I got it for a great price. This guy had old prices on it so I bought it for like almost half price and I smoked it and I liked it but it was light enough and short enough so that I could hold it in my mouth and puff on it and then later on I got to a point where I had a I may have mentioned this, I, there was one Ashton. It was an ELX, even though he, it was the year before Bill made the magnum stamp. But it was, it's a magnum. I still own the pipe. I couldn't hold it in my mouth.
1: Uh-oh. It was
0: not impossible. Couldn't do it. But I had to own that pipe. <laughs> and from that day forth, I began to hand hold all my pipes. So the question is, which pipe, which smokes better straight or bent
1: just in general now
0: i would i you know I, I would used to say that you know i like my bench better than my than my straight pipes but i have a lot of uh, a lot of dunhill straight pipes that i like quite a bit so from a dunhill perspective i don't know but I do. I know I like my straights quite a bit. I have a lot of bents, but I like the straights quite a bit on the on the um, other end of the spectrum, uh, like with castell's and other stuff. Again, it's a mixed bag. I don't really think about pipes straight versus bent. I view the pipe as how does a pipe taste with a certain tobacco. So, but a lot of times, a straight pipe though will, will be drier. Then a a full bent a full bent sometimes you know you get moisture down there and and you got to you know use your pipe cleaner and so on so for convenience they probably a straight pipe but for taste wise both of them smoke about the same for me yeah I, I
1: guess a lot of it does matter you know if it's engineered right it doesn't matter but the bent pipe does allow uh you yeah, know does allow the moisture to build up more because it's got a little dip in it where everything will puddle up.
0: Right. I mean, it could be, I mean, and also, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, but to me, you know, tobacco prep and packing is critical. And you got to really understand each pipe. You know, tobacco prep and packing yeah. is critical, and you got to really understand each pipe. And I know that this doesn't apply to everybody because you know, if you're pulling out the pipe for a quick lunch break, you know, you can't worry about packing. You just got to pack it. But to me, the tobacco, no matter what, though, I always say you got to really, you got to really break up your tobacco so that you can pick it up and drop it and drop some pieces and even. When you're prepping flake, and I like flake tobaccos, it has to be such that you know you don't want you don't want the um, you don't want the the tobacco to be too tight or in clumps, because I find that also that that really impacts the amount of moisture buildup. Where where if you take all the tobacco and, and you, basically it's in little pieces, not real little pieces, but you know in strands. That you you get less moisture when you smoke. At least I found that for me.
1: And does that help you with the with the tongue bite?
0: I rarely get tongue bite um, because of tobaccos that I smoke. Um, you know, even the stronger latakias. Rarely, rarely do I get a tongue bite. Now I will say this, though I did open up a tin of. Um, of, of uh, Nightcap, uh, over 10, probably from the 90s. And that can be a little harsh. So what I did was, I took a deep breath, and I opened up one of my old Virginias, a Because, uh, you know, I could sell that for money, but I figured, what the hell? And so I, I, I when you talk about layering, so the sweetness of the Sobrani Virginia Number Three, which is an incredible smell, aroma, and 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 you mix it with the with the night. I layer it so that I get the sweet, and then it turns into the nightcap, smooths it out. So there's really no no harshness to it, no bite at all. And that's what I try to do is 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 with with a, with my blending, my own blending, is that I'm looking to. I want the tobacco to be really tasty. But really smooth and not overwhelming, if you know what I'm talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Does the moisture level of the, uh, yeah, your your old tobaccos, you know, I, I'm assuming yeah. most of them. When you open them up, the moisture level's still probably pretty good, because otherwise you'd be grumbling and cussing and moaning. Uh, yes. But you also want to make sure that the moisture level is. Yeah, you you want enough in there in the tobacco, but you don't want too much, so that you you want to make sure that the tobacco's at the right moisture level, and I'm sure that that helps you alleviate any tongue bite issues.
0: Yes, yeah, you got it, you got it. And here's the thing: so I happen to like, because um, no matter like I don't like cigar. Uh, in the uh leaf in the but I like banker's mixture. I don't know if you ever had banker's mixture no, but it's a nice Latakia here and um but I had for some reason I really like it so I open up a tin, it's got to be i don't know maybe fifteen years old and it was moist really <laughs> moist and so what I do, Brian is I also have like i had a i keep them i don't get rid of them the I had an old Dunhill mixture, which is called Dunhill number 10. And it was, the seal had popped years ago. I don't even know when it popped, but I I, I can feel it. It was light, and I hear a little shaking. What I do is I layer in that light tobacco, the moist tobacco. I layer it in with a completely dry tobacco. And if done properly, because the tastes are pretty similar, they're not identical, all of a sudden, I have a blend that I can smoke right then and there. I don't have to wait. Like I don't have to dry it out. I don't have to wait for tomorrow or next year. It's perfect. And what that dry tobacco does, and this is something if you you talk to Rick Newcomb, Rick Newcomb really likes dry tobacco. Um, what it does is it, it, it's very flavorful. Of course, it has no aroma, but it's still very flavorful. And so that adds to the body. Of that, of the, uh, of the tobacco.
1: When you're doing a layer like this, are you doing like a quarter inch of each, or thinner uh, or yeah. thicker?
0: No, no, two things. If I'm talking about now. Let me let me take a step back. Mm-hmm. When I was doing the nightcap with the Sobrani Virginia, I was layering it, and let's say the pipe bowl interior pipe bowl, just to make it up two and a half inches tall
1: bigger than most people's in- foot but go ahead
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's just and that's not even a big pipe yeah what I'll do is I'll start with I'll start with the um, with with the, with the Virginia at the very bottom and so I'll, I may put in maybe an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch and then I'll put a quarter of an inch of the nightcap and then quarter inch of the uh, sobranni or I might put a half an inch of nightcap and a quarter inch of sobrani and I'll, I'll bring that all the way up to the top. And so what I'll try to do then is, is when it when it's something like that, I'll, I'll have the Virginia being the first tobacco that gets lit up. And that leads into that progression. In the other case, where the moisture was so great in the bankers' mixture, I simply layered in, I put it in a mixing bowl, and I layered in about, let's say, the two-ounce bankers. I layered in maybe about I don't know, a, a quarter of an ounce, maybe a little more. And I just mixed it up. I kept mixing it until I felt that the tobacco was of a consistency that I wanted it to be. Now, the good thing about doing this, and I, I talked to um, uh, a few people, the good thing about this is, is that what will happen is, over time, the really heavily laden moisture positively impact the dry tobacco.
3: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And you'll get a very consistent tobacco. And even in the beginning, you can just smoke it right away. And it'll smoke all the way down. So these little these little tips and tricks or whatever are things that I do to enhance my enjoyment of the, of the blend. But if it's very moist, I will not smoke it straight because you can't.
1: <laughs> well you can but <laughs> you can but it'll you hurt. can
0: it'll hurt you yeah
1: so let me let me ask you this one what yeah. is the biggest myth lie or bullshit line that you've encountered in the pipe world or maybe a couple of them and no you can't say perfect straight grain smoke better than anything else
3: <laughs>
0: yeah they do Brian. i, I firmly agree with that. yeah um yeah, no, no. It's the the first and the and the major one, of course, is that you know all all smok all pipes smoke the same, and how can a pipe be worth you know uh, twenty times more than than this pipe? Yeah, and and that that to me is the one that you know I I don't even try to answer that anymore because. Um, if that's what you're thinking, then that's what you're thinking. You know, I, I'm not going to try to convince you that, you know, the the pipe that you bought for seventy nine dollars or whatever it is, and the pipe that's maybe sells even a, a nice Italian pipe for three hundred bucks, or you can get whatever it is, you know, that they're going to smoke the same. And you don't believe me. It goes back to the it goes back to that, that common thing about the tobacco. Latikia you know, whatever. When 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 people don't say, you know, let me think about that. And I wonder why. Maybe there is I'm not saying you gotta buy a three or four hundred or five hundred dollar pipe or a thousand dollar pipe, but be open to the fact that there might be differences. You know? But no one ever has that issue when I say, Oh, I'm driving a uh, you know whatever it is a Ford. I'd say anything wrong with Fords or whatever. I drive a Buick, and oh, it's got to be dri- it's got to be the same as the the Mercedes. I can't imagine that that Mercedes drives any better. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Whoever says that type of stuff because you, you don't. I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's foolish.
1: I, I guess I'll I'll add two things. Um, yeah. One, the audience is listening to two bar mitzvah people here so if there was a less expensive way for us to find (laughs) the same experience we're going to find it right (laughs) um but at the same at the same point if a pipe is beyond your financial comfort you know comfort um you're not going to be as comfortable with that and and i'll I'll, I'll use the example that's happened to me a couple of times where I bought, you know, Conowitz or Everson pipes and I got them at the right price, but still that price point was, you know, at that point I was expecting a experience that was dramatically different because it was two or three times more than what I was used to paying for a pipe. And, but you know, all those times I ended up selling that pipe or trading that pipe back and getting two or three pipes that I enjoyed just as much. Uh, Mm -hmm. so there's a, there's a, um, yeah, there's a monetary comfort level, uh, where you are, you know, where you have to find, you have to find that spot and then work within whatever is the best for you. But, uh, yeah. Um, you know, million dollar pipes don't smoke better. Automatically? No,
0: no, no, no. I mean, that, and that's the truth. And that's the whole thing, though, is like I, I remember talking to people about that. You know, first of all, it, it's important, again, that you n- you don't buy a pipe that you're uncomfortable with in terms of price. Yeah. Because I, I, I've i often said that to people looking, you know, like people have said, well, you know, I would really like to buy a Costello pipe. And I said, well, if you're going to buy a new one, buy a C-Rock because it's going to smoke the same as my Great Line Fiamat or whatever it is. <laughs> but it's not going to cost you as much. And if you don't like it, then you're not out of pocket. And a lot of times, guys will take a look. And the the other, the other thing is the opposite also, is that sometimes if you buy a pipe that's out of your range, but it turns out to be the greatest thing you've ever smoked, then the rest of your collection <laughs> starts to look crappy. Yeah, <laughs> and and you don't yeah. like it. I mean, and I've seen that happen before, where a guy will spend money and you know, you know, but I'll tell them. The, but there are sometimes, like for instance, you know, the pipe is so far out of the. If a if a person is is comfortable spending a hundred to three hundred dollars, and they look at a pipe and it's like fifteen hundred bucks. And they got to have it at two thousand dollars, and I just use that as a price range, not, to, not necessarily any particular brand or whatever. I always tell them, "Don't do it." Don't because the chances of just happening, what you're talking about, is 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 pretty probable. I it, it's very it's very probable, Brian, that you're going to be. Look, if you're buying a Beau Nord pipe, do you think it's the greatest smoking pipe? And it smokes like a nice, good pipe. You're going to be disappointed, even if it's a, you know, <laughs> especially if, if you're, I'm, I'm just making up a bone orchid because that's super expensive probably really no one you buy it. But, you know, if you're buying a cannabis pipe and you think you're going to get the greatest smoking pipe in the world, and it turns out to be a very good smoke, but not not that much more exciting than the next thing, you're going to be upset. Yeah.
1: I have the same issue with the, uh, with vintage tobaccos Mm -hmm. and yeah, I've had, I've had my fair share of opportunity to try some really old stuff. And I've got a couple of white whales that I'm chasing after, but they're, you know, (laughs) yeah, that's yeah. The McConnell's red Virginia with, you know, made in England with the painted red lid can, uh, you know, but the, the here's here's the problem. So I look at it. You know, I I see the listings that show up on Steve's on Steve Fallon's website. I've been following tin bids. You know, if I spend yeah you know, one hundred and fifty dollars on a, or two hundred dollars on a vintage tin, um, what am I? You know, what the worst thing that could happen is it could ruin my palette for everything else I own because it could be so wonderful. And then I'm sitting there thinking, all right, how do I sell everything else I've got to try to get more of these $200 dollars tins, <laughs> or the opposite, you know, I buy it and I open it and I smoke it and I go, well, this is not as, you know, yeah. So it's, it's a double-edged sword, but at the same time, <laughs> um, you know, could be a problem. Um,
0: no, no, it could be. I mean, and you, you hit on a good point. I mean, uh, I have no problem selling somebody tobacco for 400 bucks a tin, but I have a problem buying that same tobacco for mm-hmm. <laughs> 400 bucks a tin. And I got offered a, a really unique tin from Steve. It was in great shape. But, it, again, it was in that $400 range. I have a few of them. But, look, at, I, I mean, here's the thing. When I, when I first started to buy vintage tobacco, which is in the, probably, I mean, in, in the earnest, probably around 1995, and then, and then I, you know, I, I bought some really old, made in England stuff that I really liked. And still have some of that stuff. And, and then and then I found out early on, because I knew some people at Dunhill, that the Dunhill tobaccos were going to not be made anymore by Murray's. And so I, you know, I'd go to my local J&R and I'd buy, you know, anything that came in. Yeah. And I got them, you know, for five bucks a tin. You know, but I wasn't buying them. I wasn't buying them to like say, "Oh, wow, this is really going to go up in price." I was buying them because I liked them. So the issue, the issue, and this is where you know people feel some. i talked to some folks, and they feel like they're missing out. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But you know, you got also got to feel comfortable with the tobacco. Like I say, I've sold some vintage tobacco, and gotten some good cash for it. You know. And I use that cash to buy some really nice pipes. And am I unhappy that I did that? No, no, no. But there's a point where you know you got to say to yourself, you have the great pipes, you want to have some great tobacco. So you know, I always say it's never too late to start selling tobacco because even a blend now that's just brand new, and regardless of whether they can use the same Orientals as they did 20 years, ago, It doesn't matter. In twenty years from now, if you're if you're like thirty five or forty or even fifty, you know you're going to ten years from now, this stuff is going to be a lot better. So you got to So there's a there's a, a question too. Is like if I buy a great tin of a tobacco and you say you really love it, and you can't get anywhere. You know, it's it it, it can cause a it, it, you know it's you get really yeah. upset about it. Yeah. You know, that, that's why I tell people, you know, if you want to try something, try an old, you know, if you want to try a tin of something and it's like 75 bucks or 100 bucks, do it. You know, if it's 300 bucks, 250, 400, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it depends, you know? depends on your price threshold and your... Uh, yeah. And, and for me, my risk to ruin the to ruin the experience of all the other <laughs> tobaccos I own. so.
0: Um yeah, I mean look at look at Brian. If if I don't smoke cigars very rarely. But you know, if you're spending fifteen bucks on a cigar, you know, that's it. You smoke it for an hour and a half or whatever it is, or and you're done, or twenty bucks or thirty bucks, you know. Yeah. And that's how you gotta look at tobacco. It's an experience, it's like dining out. You know, you wanna have the experience of dining out at a nice restaurant, it's gonna cost you money. Uh, and you're not going to be able to, you know, you, it'll be a nice memory. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, you know. Yeah. But er- everything is everything has got to be consistent with what you feel comfortable with. And sometimes you got to step out of your comfort zone a little bit to try something new, but you can't go crazy about it. And, yes, going to a
1: fine dining establishment for food has ruined my taste for Taco Bell. Uh, Oh, come on, boy. Taco Bell just sucks now. I'm sorry. Could be Taco Bell. And that is where we will leave it on this installment of uh, Rich Esserman is Back, or the Rich is Back. And we'll be back in just a minute.
3: Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. This is Internet Radio.
1: And we're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and again, I know I've said this before and I'll say it again, what impresses me the most about people like Rich and Fred Hanna and Fred Janusik and most of those guys on the zoom is that they're still all these years later, still asking questions, asking opinions, asking about your experiences and wanting to gain more info and more knowledge. Um, the, uh, the journey of pipe smoking is, seems to have no end. It's a constant journey. So. All right, for music, uh, we finish off the holiday music with uh, the New Year's classic, "Old Lang Syne. And uh, this one is a duet with uh, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, uh, the original Dino, not, not our Dino, but the original Dino.
3: Should all acquaintance be forgotten? Never brought to mind. Should all be forgot and is old. A wonderful guests for dropping by and i especially want to thank you frank don't mention it marvin <laughs> and i also want to thank all of you out there for watching please remember the moral of tonight's show put your troubles away till tomorrow if you're lucky someone will break into your house tonight and steal them
1: could you imagine nowadays turning on the tv and seeing a special with the caliber of dean martin and frank sinatra on it
3: oh boy we've got a message
1: And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page at PipesMagazine.com. Uh, Just like uh, Dino does every week, and Dino, who was on last week's show, said, uh, This episode was as much fun to listen to as it was recording it. I'm sure some of us involved missed hearing parts of the answers as we were distracted, pondering our own responses. Hearing it put together so well was truly interesting, and I hope your listeners enjoy this as much as we did participating in it. Uh, thanks, Dennis, for the, for the Gordon Lightfoot suggestion and a wonderful choice in the Burl Ives tune. A nice way to close this seasonal music journey. A good point from listener Jason about getting inside the head of someone with about 10 years of experience in the community. I'm quite sure there are many who haven't heard the show with Kevin five years ago. There have been innumerable things that have happened in the pipe world. And even with respect to your show in the interim, perhaps another visit with Kevin would be extremely informative and entertaining for both seasoned listeners and newer ones. Thanks for a great show and happy new year, Dino. Uh, You're welcome, Dino. And then Casey Ghost says, well, this was certainly an extremely worthwhile episode. Gosh, there were so many guys on the episode, it was kind of hard figuring out who they were. It was just great listening to all of them. One of the common threads I heard was, gosh dang, I have more than enough pipes and tobaccos to last until the trumpet sounds. Good job, guys. (laughs) Even the guy with the cat was pretty sharp. (laughs) Uh, I thought the Gordon Lightfoot piece was reasonable, but the Burl Ives piece simply stole stole the show. I can't think of another guy who was 55 years old, short, and fat, and being a regular performer on early rock and roll channels. <laughs> wow, yeah. Burl Ives, what a talent. Uh, and then uh, Sergio says, uh, Happy holidays, Brian. I wish I could assist to the uh, 24th Zoom meeting, but I was cooking a turkey. I'd like to add a comment about the uh, tobacco topic. When did blends prove to be a luxury tobacco? Myself, I don't know that answer because I didn't smoke uh, pipe tobaccos in the 80s and 90s, but my humble opinion as an agron- a- agronomist is this the agro industry farming never stops getting better, like the car industry, etc., or any other specialty. Nowadays, agronomists have a lot more before a lot more better equipments fertilizers organic fungicides sophisticated irrigation systems compost drones etc so in my opinion tobacco in the field is better than ever nowadays but who makes the difference besides the farming the tobacco blender if the blender has the knowledge and experience doing the whole process without cutting corners letting the tobacco age pro- properly etc the end result is going to be excellent i really think the blender makes the biggest difference at the end result winemakers know how to grow the grapes properly but if you give the best grapes to a bad enologist the wine blend result it will turn really bad i wish there would be a tobacco blend career like there is to become an enologist where they can share the knowledge from years, et cetera. Thank you very much for this awesome radio show. Amigo, uh, you're welcome, Sergio. And, uh, you know, Sergio's growing grapes in Mexico, so he knows what he's talking about. Uh, Hawkeye Linus says, fun. Listen, I was, uh, stuck by the fact that at Dino and at, uh, George D sounded just as I expected. Odd thought, but there you are. Oh, and not in a negative way. uh, And if you go back, you'll hear uh, there's episodes, full episodes with Dino and with George. Just go way back. Um, And then Zero said, that's funny. I've always had Burl Ives' voice in my head uh, for Dino. (laughs) Dino and Burl Ives uh, and uh, the snowman do look the same. Uh, J.M. Smitty says, what a cast of characters you have the pleasure of speaking and seeing on a regular basis. I like the two questions, round-robin format. They all gave very thoughtful answers to the second question. Enjoyed your uh, rave as well. Literally delivering packages and working in retail absolutely, (laughs) absolutely ranks near the top of absolutely thankless jobs. I hope that these individuals are able to get some time off or that their time on the clock resumes some resemblance of normalcy. Great show, Jason. Thank you. Um, And then we'll go to, uh, let's see, uh, Pastor Joda wrote, uh, Happy New Year, Brian. I started listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show in 2018. Since then, I've been pretty consistent and have been going back and picking up episodes that caught my eye. Last year I decided to go back to the beginning and catch up using your suggested technique. I realized the other day that I've got two more regular episodes plus the Food for Thought episodes and I will be caught up. Kinda crazy now that I think about it. I've learned a lot from this show and your guests. It's amazing to me how many people you've interviewed and how most of them have been enjoyable. Uh, You've also grown a lot as a host and your equipment and sound quality has also improved. I'm very thankful you moved away from the shock jock style of the early episodes. Uh, the style you have evolved into seems to fit the hobby a little better, in my opinion. Thanks for hanging in there and keeping the lamp lit. I look forward to many more shows in the future, Pastor Joda. Uh, Pastor Joda, thank you. That's really kind of you. And yeah, the, the first, yeah. You know, l- listen, we got lucky. Uh, we found our style at about uh, show 1214, somewhere in there, and nailed the format by about the 20th week, so... Uh, And then uh, Bryant writes, "Uh, this latest episode was a departure, but an enjoyable one. I felt as if I was sitting on your Zoom meeting. There's a lot of experience in that group. I liked Neil's comment that community is the most important thing in the modern pipe world. It is so easy to meet up now with technology where it is. And you are so right that if you're not following him on Instagram, you're really missing out. Uh, your final holiday music choices were once again very good. Gordon Lightfoot is a favorite of mine, and you just can't go wrong with Burl Ives for a Christmas song. Well done. Finally, the highlight of my Christmas gifts this year was a commission by Tim Beaumont of Papa Bear Pipes. I became aware of him from your show, and he was a pleasure to work with. The results were also excellent. Have a great New Year, my friend, and keep up the good work. Best regards, Brian. Hey, look at that. we We made a match there. Uh, Yeah, happy new year to everybody and uh, thank you all and keep the comments coming. Uh, Upcoming pipe shows. If you are running a pipe show, uh, please email me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com and Kevin Godby. That's Kevin at PipesMagazine.com with all your information so that we can get your information up on the website. It's free. All you have to do is email us your information. Uh, I do know that uh, upcoming in February traditionally is the St. Louis Pipe Show. And then in March is the Mule Town Pipe Show. And then the end of April is the big one in Chicago. And I believe I will be in, uh, the, at the Mule Town Show and at Chicago. In fact, I almost guarantee those. So again, if you have the, uh, if you are the organizers you know what email us those that information and we'll make sure that it gets up on the website and that's absolutely for free doesn't cost you a thing just an email all right again comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com and in just a moment oh we're going back to rants
2: hi i'm jeremy reeves head blender of cornell and deal we know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each 10. Each product from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com.
1: scammers rogues con artists and vagabonds amongst us in the pipe hobby and it happens from time to time i know the rare scammer shows up and uh, this one's on facebook and uh, it was brought to my attention by a listener that this person has a fake account and i decided to go poking around just to see what was going on with it and sure enough it's a fake account it's uh, they've uh, they've They've just jacked a bunch of photos from other people that are actual real photos and created a fake name and are using profile pictures of people that I actually know that aren't them. And they say that they're making pipes. And so I decided to look at the account and the account has 2,600 followers. All of those are bought followers, you know, purchased followers that you can get on Facebook. You can buy followers. Yes, you can. And they're, uh, they're not friends. They're followers, which is easy to get. And they're all purchased because they're all from third world countries and all around in different places and none of them make any sense. And these photos are all purchased or, you know, stolen off the Internet. And to the point where he said, you know, as I entered into a private chat with him. And I said, I was interested in one pipe. And he said, oh, that pipe is $110. I said, what are the markings on it? He said, it's my pipe. Anyway, long story short, it was all full of bullshit. All right. It was all bullshit. The account's name is Mike Alexander Pipes. That's what it's going by now. Uh, you'll see pictures of Savonelli's on there and other pipes and some tins of tobacco and stuff. The person that was answering the messages with me, English was a second or third language for them, not somebody named Mike Alexander that lives here in the United States. It was obviously somebody who didn't know anything about pipes because I asked him if one pipe was unsmoked. He said, yes, I made it, and so on and so on. So just buyer beware out there. Uh, Just know who you're buying from and know who you're selling from. If you see a Facebook account that's got a whole bunch of followers and very few friends or is relatively fresh and have you know, a new account, just learn who you're buying from. All right. And uh, the only thing you can do is report them to Facebook or you can do what I did, which is spent, you know, a good part of an hour and a half wasting their time chatting back and forth to the point where they stopped responding to me. So, Oh, well anyway, yeah, just buyer beware. All right. You know, Hey, the pipe world must be getting bigger. Cause there's a few scam artists running around in it. All right, there you go. Uh, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipes, Remember brand new episodes of the pipes magazine radio show come out every Tuesday night at 8 PM Eastern us time, and then remain there for eternity for you to share with all your friends and family and your enemies and your relatives and all that stuff. Uh, iTunes ratings and reviews are always much appreciated Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you again to Rich for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time.
3: In this country, we say Happy New Year.